Caps fans. Welcome to the latest edition of the Nova Caps podcast for Thursday, June 16th, 2016. This podcast is produced by the fine team at Washington Capitals fans of Northern Virginia. Nova Caps. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our website at NovaCaps.com. And now, the podcast team of Gabe B, Scott Zweigel, George Vasekas, and Craig Lukey. This edition is brought to you by PacificRink.com, creators of the player bag. It's the traditional look of a hockey bag, but with the ultimate blend of form and function. Best of all, the Pacific Rink player bag was designed for true hockey players seeking the most streamlined hockey experience. For more information and to participate in their new Kickstarter program, go to PacificRink.com. Take it away, Gabe. All right. Thanks, Craig. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with my crew, Scott, George, and Craig. Once again, we're here ready to talk some Caps hockey with you all. So let's get pick back up with the off-season dates. On June 24th, the NHL entry draft occurs. What what are the Caps looking to do with their with their pick in the first round, Scott? Um, I think they're Gabe. They're going to hold on to that pick, like we said a couple weeks ago. I think there's a few guys they're looking at, and they're they're hoping a, a couple forwards slip themselves down into that 26 slot. I'm hoping uh, we get a guy like Kiefer Bellows, uh, legacy of Caps forward Brian Bellows, um, good left winger. I think they're going to look to the left winger or, or center. Caps are historically uh, a good first round center drafting team, but I see them holding on to that pick. What do you think, George? Yeah, I, I think that they're going to hold on to that pick. An- another couple names that come to mind uh, could be forward Pascal LeBurge. Hopefully I'm getting his name right here. Out of the Quebec Major Juniors. He's a forward. Supposedly has a lot of competitiveness and willingness to go to the net. Another forward that could possibly be is a Russian, uh, is German Rubstoff. Once again, I hope I got his name right. <laughs> Uh, he, apparently he plays two-way game. He's skilled. It could definitely be a possibility with the Capitals, considering uh, they've taken a few Russians over the years. If they decide to go defense, Luke Johansson out of Kelowna, he could be a possibility. He is the younger brother of Ryan of Nashville Predators centerman Ryan Johansson. So the Capitals are not in the greatest of spots, but. I believe that they will stick to the task and they will probably take a forward in this draft. I I totally agree with you, George, but I think if they're going to go defense, they're going to look for a kid like Charlie McAvoy from Boston University. I think they're looking for a John Carlson mold style guy if they go defense. Back to you, Gabe. Scott, any (laughs) chance we're going to trade away that pick? None. None? Okay. So, Craig, tell me a little bit about Austin Matthews. How good is he going to be in the NHL? Oh. Well, we already know his stats in the early. Um, he's going to do fine. I mean, I, you know, how, you know, I kind of go back to the NFL. You know how the NFL, the, these top round draft tricks, how, how well do they do? But, but it seems to be, I mean, Scott, you know better than me. It looks like a lot of the NHL prospects do better than in some of these other sports. These guys end up turning out better. What is the historical thing with the NHL overall with these top round draft picks? I, I think it's, you know, a lot of these kids come from other countries. They come from an environment where, you know, they've been, strangely enough, you know, they've been parented differently. They've been coached differently. You know, they're not they're not jumping into the first round for money. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. 
They're not coming directly from a, a mockery of a, a college program where they never set foot in a classroom. You know, a, a kid like Austin Matthews, I mean, he grew up in Zurich. You know, Patrick Lane grew up in Finland. They, they, they come from farms. They come from families. They come from an environment where they're there for the sport. They're not there because their parents are pushing them for a paycheck in the NFL. And, and that changes a way these kids, you know, get into the, in, into the league. They, they have a goal in mind. They know how to train. They want to learn the language. They want to integrate into North America. And you take a guy like Alexander Ovechkin, didn't know a word of English, you know, comes from a sports family, mother's an Olympian, father's a pro athlete. There was no way he was a miss of a pick, you know. And even the guys who don't have Ovechkin stats and are what we would consider, you know, not up to the level of first round, they're not flameouts. You're not looking at Ryan Leafs and and Johnny Manziels and, and you know people who are just there for the money and the fame. George, is Austin Matthews going to be as good as Connor McDavid? Do you believe? I th- believe he'll be close. I've the comparables on Austin Matthews from what I've read and heard. He's got has the comparables of Jonathan Taves and Anze Kopitar, both guys franchise centers for the Blackhawks and Kings, respectively. He is definitely a guy that the Maple Leafs are banking on their future on. Right now, the Ma- I don't think he'll put up top numbers just because the Maple Leafs don't have the surrounding pieces yet playing for them, but. I see him as having a Jack Eichel type of year, maybe put up 20 goals, 55 points in his first year with the Leafs. And he'll definitely, he'll definitely improve as the team around him improves. So Scott, tell me about Patrick Lane, who will probably be the second pick. How good is he going to be? I think Patrick Lane's going to be great. The, The best part about him is his personality. The kid's got a massive sense of humor. He's got a great just air about him. He seems confident. He goes around telling people that interview him that he's going to be the next Alexander Ovechkin. You know, coming coming out of Europe, he's like, I've got size. I've got a shot. I'm going to run people over. He said, when I see Ovi out there, I'm going to run him over. I loved that quote. Um, I he's think got a lot of good- confidence. <laughs> yeah, he, he does have a lot of confidence. But, uh, you know, he's a... He's a big kid. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a big future in the NHL. Do you see any other players in the draft being big stars, Scott? I do. I think the gem of the draft is going to be Keith Kachuk's kid, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, hockey family, that legacy pedigree, grew up with the sport. Um, he's coming out of the London Knights program, Dale Hunter's program in the OHL. They make full on NHL stars. You know, Hunter wasn't a great coach when he came to the Caps, but something about him and that junior program, they make NHL stars. I'm, I'm looking for Matty Kachuk to, to live up to his dad's footsteps. There you have it, folks. So June 27th is going to be the last day to qualify restricted free agents. Craig, are we going to qualify all four of our restricted free agents this year? I think so. When you look... I don't know. Remember, we just talked about this in our last podcast. You look at the ages that we have here. That's why we got to get some young guys in there. We got to get some uh, new blood in there. Who, who do you think we're going to keep 
or are we just rehashing the last podcast, Scott? So I think we will do a... Well, yeah, Craig, you got to qualify all the RFAs because you want to hold their rights at least. I mean, they'll they'll make an offer to Wilson and Latta and Orly and, and Mojo uh, just to hold the rights. But like we said a couple of weeks ago, I think only a couple of those guys end up getting a bridge contract. And, you know, maybe the Caps look at the the UFAs out there going into next summer and say, okay, maybe we can't do better than a guy like Marcus Johansson, who's our own product. Maybe we will throw a bucket of money at him to keep him, see if he finally blossoms and finally gains 15 pounds of muscle and can win a puck battle against the boards. But, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mojo. I'm hard on you. Wow. Um, I'm tough on him. I'm really tough on him. I mean, he's he's been a disappointment to me. But, you know, I think they qualify Latta and Latta's a he's an entry level guy. He'll take whatever they qualify him at. Wilson will take a little bit of a raise for a two year bridge deal. I think Orlov will hold out for bigger money because he thinks he's better than he is. Uh, and I think that Mojo will want $6 million again. And I think with his arbitration rights, he'll go back to arbitration and we'll be suckered into a one-year deal for $4.8 million instead of $3.75. So do I want Marcus Johansson at that? No. But will they qualify all four of them? Yes. George, where is Steven Stamkos going to end up? Stamka, it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a rally with all these teams. I have a feeling for Stamkos' services. I do believe he is out in Tampa Bay. I just don't think that Tampa Bay will have the room for him to go long-term with him. Tampa Bay's cap situation is going to get a lot worse after next season. So it's probably going to come down to two Canadian teams. I think Montreal is one of them, and I also think Toronto could be the other one. And there's also the possibility that a sleeper team like Buffalo, for example, a team that has cap space, they could make a move like this, that they could throw a lot of money at him to be to help maybe possibly speed up the rebuild. So the Stamp Coast Derby is going to be very interesting and it'll probably stretch out. It might stretch out past July 1st. Who knows? But it's going to be a lot of fun to see where he ends up. But my guess, I, I would definitely have to say the Toronto Maple Leafs. Scott, what do you think? Where do you think? Where do you think Stamkos is going? I smell a blockbuster, George. I smell that this draft is going to be an amazing event of GMs parting with longtime players and rights to players just to change things up because of expansion coming in another year and because of the way the cap may float down. Um, just with the Canadian dollar and the escrow issues, I think some GMs are saying, look, we've hit a course. We didn't do X, Y, and Z. I'm shaking it up. So George, this one's for you. I smell that dark horse team as the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that they're going to trade for the rights to Steven Stamkos to sign him before July 1st. And that trade is going to include the Sedin twins. There you go, George. That's my thought. Hey, hey, Scott, Scott, you just brought up an interesting uh, point. I know we're going to talk about the expansion here in a minute, but do you think they're going to do anything in this draft that's going to prepare them for the expansion? Because you have to play a player 
uh, what, 40, at least 40 games this next season or 70 over two. So do you think they're going to use any of these as pawns for that to protect themselves from uh, losing any of their other players for long term? Well, we'll get into the ramifications of what (laughs) qualifies a person for protection in the expansion draft next year versus someone you can't protect. But I think the GMs this summer with the upcoming draft and the July 1st free agency period, I think they're going to be looking at making their signings and making their offers and making their trades based on a, will I want to protect this player I'm acquiring? Hmm. B, am I getting this guy just so I can offer him up in the expansion draft next year? Or C, is this guy going to help my team get over the hump to maybe win a cup in 16, 17? And then I don't care about who's still left on my roster after the expansion draft. GMs have some serious questions ahead. And I think this draft is going to be a freaking free for all because this is like a horse race year. You got a new team coming the year after you got complete massive anarchy of UFAs coming this year. Next year, you got some big names next year. You got Ryan Millers and Jamie Benz and, you know, a bunch of big name veterans or guys are going to come off the books it's a mad scramble this year, and I love every minute of it. All right, Scott, two questions for you. Who is going to come to the Washington Capitals next season, one? And two, how, since we have so much cap space, how does that give us a good advantage heading into the offseason? Well, you know, Chicago is already moving pieces about today's – it's a good question, Gabe, by the way. Very good question. Chicago moving Bickle and Teravinen today to Carolina to make enough space to sign Shaw and to keep Panarin after next year is a great indicator that the Capitals need to do something in order to secure Kuznetsov next year and Oshie next year and possibly some of the other young cogs like Burakovsky. Um, so I think. The Capitals are going to make a expensive but two or three year pitch at Andrew Ladd, get a real quality scoring secondary threat left winger. Um, I think they'll bring Chimera back in the fold on the cheap as a fourth line speed grinder, and that's all conditional if they don't keep the rights to Mojo. But if they keep Mojo, you can't afford Andrew Ladd. So I think they go out and get a hardworking bottom six center like a Darren Helm who played for the Red Wings. So I think it's going to be a guy like Ladd at, at, at big money or a guy like Helm at not so big money. But, you know, they're both hard workers. And what was the second part of your question? How, how does the extra cap space that the Caps have give us an advantage? It's a huge advantage because you can – not spend all of it this year in order to gird up your loins for next year and pick out one of those big name guys or, you know, keep an Oshi and pay Kuznetsov in the realm of $6 million, which is what he's going to want. Um, you know, it's, it's a leveraging chip. You can go out to players who are restricted and say, Hey, you know, I've got all this cap space. I don't have to spend it on you. I can go out and sign Stamkos or, you know, 
Shaw or, you know, a, a next year, a Tarasenko style guy. They've got all this room where if Marcus Johansson says, I want $5.7 million by five years, the Caps can say, you can go try and find that from someone else, but we'll save that kind of money for a guy that gives us more production than Marcus Johansson. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, we'll just have to see and wait and see what happens, especially with Mojo. That'll be interesting. So expansion. Let's talk expansion. Oh, yeah. Craig, my first question is for you. What is going to be the team name of this Las Vegas expansion team? <laughs> well, the name that's been floating around in the rumor mill was the Black Knights. And uh, that comes from the uh, sports group and entertainment, Black Knight Sports and Entertainment Group. Um, I think they came out of the the main owner, graduated from West Point. So Black Knights, that's where they came from. I don't like that because just think about it, Las Vegas Black Knights. That's four words. Um, it's I can see, yeah, it's it's too much for a marketing thing. I can see Black um, Las Vegas Knights or the Vegas Black Knights, but Las Vegas for marketing would want to keep the whole name. Um, I did find a poll that the newspaper out there did, and they threw out names like I, I know what Scott wants to call them. Well, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that. But they 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 did a poll. And they only got 885 respondents. They had Aces, Black Knights, Scorpions, Mustangs, Miners, Monsoon. Those are the ones that came out. And then the Raiders picked Aces. So uh, I, I, I see, I would think it would be Las Vegas Knights, leaving the word black out of it. I like the Scorpions. Scorpions is good to me. I do. George, like what do you think? I, I I still like the lucky sevens. Just, you gotta keep you gotta keep the Vegas theme here, or or the blackjacks that that works too. You know you have to keep it game related. All right, Scott, give us a very <laughs> give our listeners a very brief uh, explanation of how expansion works and how the expansion draft will work next you summer. Didn't <laughs> ask me what I wanted to make in the Las Vegas. Inappropriate. Give it. Inappropriate. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, I'm not going to say what I think they should name the franchise, but Craig, I do like the Black Knights for the only reason that they could have. Wesley Snipes be their spokesperson and say always bet on black because that would be great. Um, great movie quote there from uh, yeah. Passenger 57, I think, but uh, I'm showing my age. Um, I'm wondering two things about the expansion franchise before we get into the expansion draft. One, who is the first Las Vegas franchise player that's going to get a two minute minor for hooking? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're definitely going to see an expansion draft in the summer of 2017. Um, thanks for bringing it up, guys. Uh, it's going to be an interesting time for the NHL because the existing 30 teams are only going to be able to protect, uh, I believe, seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goaltender. Um, and if you have a player under a no-movement clause, uh on your roster, you will automatically have to protect them because they will be locked in to your, to one of your, your protected people. So this is different than the expansion of 2000 when the Minnesota wild and uh, I believe the Columbus blue jackets came along um, when they were only allowed to take 26 players 
the Las Vegas franchise and the future Quebec City or wherever the 32nd team are, it will come from in two years after, are able to take 30 players from the expansion draft. And there's a lot of people out there that will not be able to be protected. And from the Caps perspective, you know, with no movement clauses, they're automatically locked into protecting, I believe, Ovechkin, Backstrom, uh, Niskanen, and Holtby. And so that's a good sigh of relief that those guys are, are, are guaranteed to be protected just based on their contract status. Um, but you've got to make a real executive decision. Uh, do you protect an unrestricted free agent guy like uh, Daniel Winnick, who will come up next year as a UFA? Uh, can you protect an Andre Burakovsky because he's going to be a, a restricted free agent? And you must you must offer up players that are either restricted or under contract because 60 percent of the players that the expansion franchise is going to take have to be under contract for 2017, 2018. It's just a really interesting uh, balancing act that these GMs will have to 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 walk just to keep the right mix of players, to keep the right core on their team. You know, do I protect a guy that's a little older on an on a high contract, but he's a, a cog on the team? Do you protect a Brooks Orpik? Um, or do you re-sign a Carl Alsner to a no movement contract contract just so you can hold on to him? I mean, you really have to make a good assessment because we could lose a Nate Schmidt. We could lose a Taylor Torney. We could lose a Brooks Orpik, uh, an Andre Burakovsky, or, you know, even a guy like Marcus Johansson, if they gave him a two year deal and hoped, hoped he got taken, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a real interesting mix of, of, of ramifications coming up guys. Absolutely. It's, we got to be careful for sure that we don't lose anybody too big. If we lost Orpic, I wouldn't be too sad. And he's getting old and we'd get rid of his contract, but all right, boys, time to talk about the penguins. They won the Stanley cup as probably all of you listeners out there know. But my question for you, George is did Sidney Crosby deserve that Smythe trophy? I will probably upset every penguins fan out there, but no, he did not deserve the Smythe trophy. His numbers were not as good as what most people think. He only had six goals in the playoffs. He didn't score in the finals, and he didn't score against the Capitals. So I kind of see him, he kind of took two series off. But when you look at a guy like Phil Kessel, he scored in every series. He had more points than Sidney Crosby. Why did Kessel get passed over for Crosby? But my pick, actually, for the Conn Smythe Trophy was Matt Murray. He was phenomenal all playoffs in every series. He had 2.08 GAA, 0.923 save percent in a shutout. He was phenomenal. Without Murray's heroics, I don't think the Penguins would have gotten past the Capitals. So I, I think there were a couple of better alternatives than Crosby for the Conn Smythe. Scott? What, what do you think? Do you, do you agree with Crosby winning? Totally concur with your assessment, George. Matt Murray deserved it. He was the only reason the Penguins were even in the finals. He was the hero. Crosby didn't do anything. And Mama always said, if you ain't got something nice to say, don't say it at all. 
So I'm going to reserve anything I have or want to say about the Penguins other than congratulations, Eric Fair and Stephen Alexi for your names on the cup. Good for you guys. <laughs> so Scott, our goaltender, let's, let's talk about Matt Murray. Should we be a little bit scared of him um, going for, towards the future? No, no, because goalies at his age have sophomore slumps uh, and he's young, but you know, goalies really take a few years to to blossom. He'll be a really good goaltender in five or six years. I think guys will figure him out. Um, it happens all the time. You know, you got a really good goalie gets in the league or, you know, you have a meteoric rise your first year or two. And then you have a bad couple of years because shooters figure you out. And, and that'll happen for him, too. But he's a competitor. He's a fantastic goalie. He's got great positioning. He's got good anticipation. You know, his glove isn't as fast as other guys out there, but, you know, his hands are good enough and his heart is huge. I mean, I got nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he really impressed me a lot. What I think is crazy is what are the Penguins going to do with Marc-Andre Fleury? I mean, long contract, six plus million dollars a year. You know, obviously he's not their starting goalie anymore. You can't lift the cup. <laughs> come into the first game of your next season, you know, with your home crowd screaming with the Stanley cup there and then start Mark Andre Fleury. You just can't either. He accepts being a backup until expansion comes around next summer, or they trade him at the draft. They do something, you know, they can't protect him. I don't think he has a partial no movement clause. So he's as good as gone in a penguins uniform, but there are other teams out there that need a guy like him a la your Vancouver Canucks, George. Um, <laughs> you know, Phoenix wants to dump Mike Smith. He had an awful year. You know, there's there's guys out there that are getting old. And, you know, Flurry's still a serviceable goalie, albeit slightly a head case, but he's a serviceable goalie. So I think they keep Murray. I think they try and disposition Flurry's contract somehow. And we move on from talking about the Penguins. I agree. That'll be interesting. I'm sorry, but I have to bring, we have to debate this very, very, very briefly. Craig, I'll start with you. Would the pre-Snowmageddon Caps beat this Penguins team that just won the Stanley Cup? Oh, here we, we go. Can all, we can all agree that the pre-Snowmageddon Caps were better than the post-Snowmageddon Caps. Oh, I agree with that, but, but uh, you know, you, you take a long season like this, just like baseball, we were hot in the beginning. We weren't at the end. Just think about the Penguins themselves. They switched coaches. I mean, in the midseason, look what they did at the end. They got hot at the end, and they they took it. Long seasons, this is what happened, both in hockey That's and NHL. I don't follow basketball like you do, but, you know, long season, this is what happens. It's happened before with us. I know you're, you're, you like the Snowmageddon thing, but I just, I just think the way the calendar worked, that's when everything kind of slumped a little bit, and we just didn't come out of it. I okay, mean, we had a tougher... We had a tougher schedule post um, Snowmageddon too. Yeah, George, but 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 if you run the NHL, remember the EA Sports NHL uh, simulation? They did that after the Snowmageddon, and what it come up with said Caps won. It didn't happen. So and that's with stats and everything, right? So, Craig, we don't trust video games. Okay? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> What about that octopus that picked the World Cup or whatever? Where Where is he now? Yeah, where's that? <laughs> George, any thoughts on that? Now we get in Caps versus Penguins. It's a long season, game. The okay. Caps could have very well 
going all the way, maybe pull the Golden State. Who knows? No, not really. But hockey is a game where you, you still have to take it one day, one day at a time. And teams can go through. They can have a two week good period or three three week good period, and then follow it up with one bad week. And that's just how fast things can change sometimes in the league. So. It's one of those things where maybe the Caps' hot streak would have continued or maybe they would have ended up getting cold like they did near the end. So it's it's very hard to say, at least yeah. from, my, from my perspective anyway. It's it's a funny game sometimes. So who knows? It's hypoth- It's more of those – it's a hypothetical situation. It's, versus a, it's, a stupid hy- it's a stupid hypothetical to even <laughs> ask, and I'm sorry. Very no, 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 no. No, no, you're entitled <laughs> your opinion. That's fine. No, hypothetical. I hate hypotheticals like that. I don't even, I don't know why I brought it up, but I did. But you, you know, know what? Gabe, I'd like to think in some alternate dimension, you and I and Craig and Becky attended a Capitals Stanley Cup parade today. In some alternate dimension, we were all there. And someday our spirits will align for that. But everything else is just ifs and buts, my man. It is. It is. But one thing I do want to say that I actually saw on your Facebook, Scott, is I don't want I don't want to hear a bunch of Caps fans saying that this Penguins Penguins Stanley Cup win was all luck, all puck luck. Uh, Crosby was cheating on the Facebook or faceoffs, all that stuff. I don't want to hear any of that. Just because when the Caps do eventually win that Stanley Cup, I don't want other people taking it away from us. The Penguins were the hottest team. Going into the playoffs, they were probably the best team in the playoffs. And it sucks to say that, but it's true. But the 2015-16 season is over, and let's go Caps 2016-17 season. Yeah. Amen. 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 Go Caps. Thank you all for listening so much. Have a great week, everybody. So long, everybody. Later. Later.